This is episode 32 of Shimmy Cast, the podcast for fans and dancers of Middle Eastern dance. And if you don't know me by now, I'm your host, Anala Rabari. How are you guys doing? <laughs> so the, the last show was um, like half a week late, and I'm really sorry, so I'm trying very hard to get this show out on time. I am recording it a day late, but hopefully that won't delay me too much in getting it out for you guys. Because this is a really cool episode. For this week's episode, we have the winning entry from our article contest. I bet you guys forgot all about there being an article contest, didn't you? Huh. Well, I didn't. And I've got the winner for you. Uh, we also have a review of the book, Grandmother's Secrets. And, of course, we have event announcements and answers to the question of the week. The music for this week's show is from Panacea and Tim Rayborn. And we're going to get started with answers to the question of the week. How much background in dance forms do you have? Violet Gypsy posted on the form board, I have nearly 17 years of dance experience. I started ballet when I was six and then moved through adding modern dance and tap and a little ballroom and Latin American dancing. I have been doing belly dancing for nearly half a year now and I have found my dance background useful. Modern dance has steps very similar to belly dancing steps, possibly because its founding members studied or were influenced by Middle Eastern dance. And I'd like to um, thank Violet Gypsy for that post. And something I forgot to mention last week when I was going through my own background, and it occurred to me last week when I was talking to some of my students, and they were all complimenting me on my arm carriage and um, my hand movements. And I started thinking about it, and in my past, I've taken a year of American Sign Language classes, and I continue to practice American Sign Language on my own. And I think that has also helped me a lot with the carriage and usage of my hands and my dance. And it's just, it's a really beautiful language, American Sign Language is, and I really enjoy it. It's very peaceful, too. So um, you might want to check into that if you want to practice getting more movement, more expression from your hands. So our next question is, what advice would you give to someone considering starting belly dance? Rebecca from Washington, D.C. posted, Here is some of the most important advice I received when I began belly dancing. Don't rush through learning the movements. This can be hard to do once you start building movements into your muscle memory. I've been taking beginner two and low intermediate level classes to refresh my repertoire, and I find myself wanting to speed through the moves I already know when the teacher is teaching them. I think that we should all keep in mind that belly dance training can't be rushed, and it's a good thing to linger over the movements, even the ones you know so well you can do them in your sleep and perfect them. I think this is valuable, especially since many of us learn to dance to fast tempos and then find it's harder to slow a movement down and make it deliberate and elegant when performing to a slower piece of music, such as a toxin. 
So basically what I'm saying is practice the movements over and over to different tempos and in many different formations. Anyway, that's my two cents. Keep up the great work. And I couldn't agree with you more, Rebecca. One of my pet peeves as a teacher, first of all, it, it irritates me when I'm trying to teach a move to students for the first time. And I ask them to stand there and watch me. And I say, just watch. Because the majority of my students have never even seen belly dancing before. So I really want them to stand there or sit there and just watch the move. And it annoys me because time and time again, I have so many students who, even though I say, just watch, they still try to do it with me. And it's like, watch it. Just watch this move and then I'm going to break it down for you little bit by little bit and then you can start trying to do it but if you try to do it as soon as I demonstrate it for you without any kind of instruction odds are you're not going to do it right so um that's just a pet peeve of mine as an instructor and it's it sometimes you just have to let it go because no matter how many times you tell certain students stay there watch me don't move they're still going to move. They just can't help themselves. <laughs> so I kind of have to get over that. I think my advice for somebody considering starting belly dance classes to go. Just take the plunge, jump in, and go. And even if you're just going to go and observe a class before you actually decide, yeah, I'm going to take it, um, I think that's wonderful to just go and observe a class. But I think a lot of people just plunge in. Call your best friend, call your sister, call your mom, cousin, whoever you need to if you're nervous about it and say, hey, come do this with me. And a lot of the people that, a lot of my students, it's always, I, I always at the beginning of class like to sit around the first class of a session and go around a circle and get everybody's names and why they decided to take the class. And nearly half the people in the class will point to the person next to them and say, I'm here because she dragged me. <laughs> and inevitably what's really funny is the person who is dragged to class is the person who actually ends up really falling in love with it more so than the person who dragged them to class. And I think that's really funny. And I don't know if it's because the person who it was their original idea to come to class. I don't know if it's because they have a preconceived notion of what class will be like or anything like that. And the person who's just drugged class is like, eh, I'm just being drugged to this. I don't have any hopes of what this might be like or any expectations. So they're a little more free to enjoy themselves. I'm not sure, but it's really funny and it's a lot of fun. And there, there's just so much other great advice you can give to people considering classes and starting classes, um, like be patient. Oh my gosh, I love my students, my beginning students, because they're all so cute. They all just want to get the move right away, and they get frustrated. We were um, doing, uh, what move was it we were doing? Horizontal hip figure eights, and 
we try to stress a lot when we do horizontal hip figure eights that you have to really bend your knees and you move the one hip forward. And a lot of people have a really bad habit of when they move that hip forward and they kind of twist it forward to start their figure eight. A lot of them have the really bad habit of they'll cock the hip up instead of bringing it across that plane just straight forward. And so we have to tell them, no, 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 you can't let your hip rise. You just have to bring it straight forward and then curve around in your in a loop of the eight and then curve the other hip in the other loop of your eight. And they get so frustrated that they can't stay straight and level and that their hips keep popping up. And, of course, the answer to that is bend your knees more. But they just, it was really cute because we were sitting there and we were going through the choreography and it was like, okay, chest figure eight, hip figure eight. <laughs> and every time we got to the hip figure eight, we just start hearing these, oh, dang it. Ugh. And it was because they were all trying so hard to keep their hips level and they were getting frustrated. And all we could tell them was be patient and practice. But they they all just wanted so badly to get it right away. So I think that's probably my other bit of advice is to be patient with yourself. And the moves will come and you will get better and more proficient at the moves. And now your ShimmyCast news. February 25th brings the 15th semi-annual Dancers Bazaar to 260 MacArthur Nights of Columbus Hall in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. March 2nd through 3rd, Belly Revelations presents Shimmy South 2007 workshops and gala show featuring Dondi Dehlin in Raleigh, North Carolina. March 2nd through 4th, Bloomington Area Arts Council and different drumming belly dancers present Bloomington Belly Dances, a weekend of workshops and performances in Bloomington, Indiana. March 3rd through 4th, Zahara's Belly Dance Studio sponsors Helena Valhos in workshop and gala show in Houston, Texas. March 9th through 11th, Mystic Mirage Annual Windows to the East Six with Jim Boaz, Ami, and Mike Raydig in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. March 10th, Zva will be teaching an Indian fusion belly dance workshop in Willow Springs, Missouri at the Heart Haven Retreat Center. March 11th, Ursula presents the 6th annual The Day the Stars Come Out benefit show for Samaritan House in Virginia Beach, Virginia. March 11th, workshop, Magdi Eliza Herlin Limburg, Netherlands. March 12th through 17th, Cassandra's Oriental Dance Intensive Workshop in Minneapolis, Minnesota. March 17th through 18th, Sita Moon and the Tears of Asset presents Jasmine Jahel in workshop and show in Frederick, Maryland. March 19th through the 25th, a seven-day Level 1 Intensive Egyptian-Style Dance Seminar with Suzanne in San Francisco, California. March 24th, 
Ginny's Belly Dance Boudoir presents Killer Zills and Middle Eastern Rhythms with Ginny Boardman in Ohio. March 24th, American Tribal Style Foundation with Donna Garden, Madrid, Spain. March 24th, Fusion Feast in Kansas City. Teachers are Alira, Elizabeth Austin, and Layla Bent Ali. March 24th through 25th, Nadara Johara and the Johara Dance Ensemble presents Rocks into Spring with Katya of Boston and Fort Worth, Texas. March 31st, 2007, Oriental Magic Events in cooperation with Sitara Oriental Dance Company presents the first edition of the annual dance fair, Magical Tribal, the first Dutch Tribal Fusion Festival with Bazaar, Barter Area, International Performances, and Demonstrations, and Free Workshops, combined with an extended edition of Oriental Whirlings, Tribal Nights, a Whirling Oriental Dance Party with free platform, and several performances. This event takes place in the halls of Het Torship in Etnlor from 10 to 12. This has been the ShimmyCast News for this week. And as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our forum board. Okay, so I have to take a little break here, guys, because my foot has terribly fallen asleep. <laughs> this is a shimmy cast first. Okay, if you, <laughs> I'm trying to get my foot to wake up. Oh, and the um, beverage for this evening is good American root beer. So, um, okay, yeah, I think my foot's finally waking up. It got a little <laughs> a little uncomfortable sitting down because my foot was falling asleep. Okay. Anyway, on to this week's review. This week's review is of the book Grandmother's Secrets, The Ancient Rituals and Healing Power of Belly Dancing, and it is reviewed by Anala Rabari. As a reader, you need to understand that this book is not really a history book. It's also not really an instructional book. This is the type of book that anthropologists call ethnography. It's a more personal account of how the author views the history and meaning behind the dance. And, of course, the author's views are colored by the way she was raised, her personal living experiences, her living environment, and various other elements. It is also a book that explains how she has incorporated the dance into her life for physical benefits, personal growth, and spirituality. This book is divided into four sections, and throughout the book, these sections are divided into shorter segments, which make it easy to find a stopping place, which is nice if you have the type of lifestyle where you can only grab a quick minute here or there to read. One criticism I have for the whole book is a lack of information about the photos. Credit is given wonderfully to the photographers. However, credit is not given to the subjects in the photos, and I would dearly love to know who some of these dancers are in the photographs, because they are all striking women that I would like to see more photos and perhaps video footage of. 
Section one is entitled How It All Began. This section is simple memories of childhood life lessons written eloquently. Most of these stories feature an adult in the author's life. Mostly it's um, a woman of some sort. It starts with remembering how her grandmother taught her the letters of the alphabet in terms of body carriage and movement. The lesson starts with drawing a dot that is the navel of the world and moves on to the first letter of the Arabic alphabet, which is the Aleph. For English speakers, it kind of resembles a lowercase l. As the author states, quote, the Aleph is three dots sitting on top of each other. It is the dot's longing to show itself. Soon the author sees the Aleph and everything, including her body, as a living Aleph. I can't say how much I wished I had had these simple alphabet lessons when I was taking Arabic classes. They really would have helped me to understand the Arabic alphabet better. The chapter concludes with the author becoming a young woman and being invited to dance at the women's only party to celebrate her rite of passage. I love this chapter because of the great vignettes of Middle Eastern life through the eyes of a child. I find myself enchanted by the similarities and differences of her childhood to my own. My only criticism of this chapter is that there is only one visual aid. I think this section could have benefited from more family photos or other photos of normal Middle Eastern life. Section 2 is entitled A History of Women's Dancing. This section offers a very brief, easy-to-read history section, hitting all the important highlights of the history of women's dancing. And that is the history of women's dancing and not just the history of belly dance. I think this section is good for people that are a little curious about the history of dance, but who also aren't real history buffs. If you are a history buff, this will just wet your whistle or be a rehash of things you may already know, presented in a very simplistic, straightforward style. Covering the history of women's dancing is a very broad topic, and other books offer more in-depth exploration of the topic for those interested. This section also benefits from pretty good visual aids of artifacts, photographs, and artwork. Section 3, entitled From Head to Toe. This is the more exercise instructional part of the book. Like with any book, reading instructions for movement is hard. For dancers with some experience, it will be easier to understand these directions. However, beginners may struggle. I like the fact that she covers parts of the body that many other books or DVDs leave out, such as eyes, ears, nose, and feet. Some of these exercises are more in the vein of body awareness and wellness instead of actual belly dance. But I feel that these exercises can be useful to dancers as a way to become more aware of how their body works, which will improve the way you move your body and thus improve your dance. And these activities exercise the body both physically and mentally. This section also offers lovely photos of dancers and candid shots of Middle Eastern culture. Section 4 is entitled Variations and Rituals. The dances discussed in this section are the floor dance, 
stick dance, veil dance, walking and whirling, ministration dance, wedding dance, birth dance, trance dance, and mourning or death dance. This is the chapter that I think can be the most confusing for some readers. This is the chapter that mixes fact and personal opinion the most. But I love this chapter. I love reading how this author has taken the historical nature of these dances and mixed her own feelings with them to make the dance more meaningful to her. Visual aids for this chapter include photos of dancers, and these dancers are of all ages and body types. I think this chapter means the most to me because I learned the most from it about how I can make this dance mean so much more in so many aspects of my life and how I can use it to help me through dramatic changes, both good and bad, in my life. So, if you are looking for an accurate history of the dance or actual instruction on how to belly dance, this book is probably not the book you want to buy. If you are looking for a book that will let you peek into what the dance means to another dancer and how she incorporates the dance into all aspects of her life and suggestions on how you too can incorporate the dance into more aspects of your life, this is the book for you. This week's first song is Sandan Isko Horo from the album Songs and Dance Music of Europe East and West by Panacea. <laughs> Thank you. 
Emails and feedback. Dear Anala, greetings from the Netherlands. You might be interested in knowing your show has listeners here in Holland, too. And to facilitate the Dutch audience, I added a special index page to every episode of your show on my website, which is www.orientalmagic.com. The page is only available to registered members, but our membership is completely free, and so I took the liberty of creating an account for you. <laughs> I presume you don't have a problem with this, saw your Creative Commons license, and we're not commercial. <laughs> but if there's anything you wish to be changed, please let me know, Simon. And I have to say, guys, I was just thrilled. I was like, yay, listeners are in the Netherlands. And I went and I looked at the website, and it's really cool. And they are doing a really great job of trying to make it a multilingual site. And it, it's really cool. Um, not all the pages are translated into English, so I couldn't really understand all of it. But I did go to the photo gallery page, the photo gallery section, and they have some of the most cutest pictures. I'm not sure if it was a child's belly dance class or if it was just like a children's workshop kind of one day thing but oh my gosh there were so many cute pictures of little kids belly dancing and it was so promising to see where the tradition is going and to see these new dancers coming up and learning and I really enjoyed that and so um, I'm encouraging everybody to go and check it out and see what the dance looks like in the Netherlands. It's really cool. <laughs> and if anyone else has any comments, suggestions, or feedback, remember you guys can send an email, shimmycast at gmail.com, um, post on the forum, shimmycast.blogspot.com. You can send us an audio. Uh, you can vote for us on Podcast Alley or Podcast Pickle. Please leave reviews on iTunes, too. And don't forget to sign up on the Frapper Map. So this week's article was the winning entry for our last article contest. And Shannon, who wrote this article, picked the Susanna Chin CD, um, A Mystic Journey for her prize. And Shannon is from British Columbia, Canada. And all the judges were really impressed with her article, and I hope you all enjoy it. The Living Dance by Shannon I have tried with indifferent success to interest my friends in belly dance. Invariably, they all laugh when they hear that I have begun learning it. Not mockingly, but always with the same shake of the head the rueful smile that says, there she goes again with her harebrained ideas. She's so eccentric. After I have assured them that I'm not joking and that learning this dance is wonderful, there is one remark that always follows. It is a little window opened to the heart of so many, many women. They say, I could never show my body like that. A woman's struggle for self-acceptance is epic. Every one of us journeys in our lives through stages at times miserable, forlorn, 
at times uplifted and proud. It is by no means certain that this journey will end in peace, in satisfaction, or in joy. There are many ways to suffer defeat. We live in a place and a time where the natural is deplored and the unnatural revered. We have no choice but to be products of this place and this time. The choice we have is a more subtle one. My choice is this. The silver marks on my belly and breasts, the softness of my body, the scars of childbearing. These are all rewards for the dues I have paid in 33 years of life. I have earned this body I inhabit, its peculiar beauties, its moments of weakness, its many strengths, through a life lived passionately. Belly dance is a celebration of life, and in its purest sense honors women and the experience of women. The ancient pagan religions revered women in their three incarnations, maiden, mother, and crone. I have been the maiden, and I am now the mother. As the maiden, I didn't dance because my narrow experience did not crave expression. My past was nothing more than childhood, and as such could be held in my memory with only a kind of innocent joy. As the mother, what I remember, what I have seen, what I have endured, what I have done, demands expression. It moves within me, stretching, kicking, struggling, and I am driven to dance. As I push out my hips, lift my chest, stretch out my arms, stamp my feet, my past is born again through the dance in a glorious rush of feeling, and I can relive, if I want to, moments I have lived. The energy of the dance is sometimes green, a bursting of youth and spring and possibility. The music is light the tempo rapid, and the movements a kind of quick, teasing laughter. At these times, I feel again the youth I once saw in the mirror. Only this time, I know its value. I can show its spirit, and my years have freed me to flaunt what I once had. This youth I can release without regret, because with its passing was created in me the mother. The energy is a heated, burning red when I am dancing the creation and the spirit of the mother. The music has a lower pitch, a tempo that varies in rapidity. This music is a compelling melodic call to the birthing child and the laboring mother. Where the maiden twirled and circled, her laughing face abrazed, bare arms flashing under her ringing zills, the energy of the mother is focused inward on the coming life. These movements are low, grinding. The undulations ripple downwards, and the hips sink in deep circles and figurates. The energy is centered around the gate of life. Shimmies may progress from light tremors to deep, downward thrusts of one hip at a time as the pelvic cradle rocks. The energy is sometimes blue, 
it is calm stable and contained as i move in measured steps my hips arcing in carefully level circles at these times what i am creating is serenity the same steady gaze that i use to meet my children's eyes to comfort them with a sense of stillness and tranquility the music is audible peace with an undercurrent of joy and the certainty of hope to come half of my life has yet to be lived and after years i will dance with even greater meaning expressing things i don't yet have the capacity to understand i will dance as the crone remembering as i do so my days as a maiden my years as a mother the music will speak to me in a different language then one of comfort of familiarity and of the endless rebirth of women even as others reach the end of their journeys i don't know what others see when i dance i don't know whether they think i am beautiful or plain awkward or graceful inspired or mundane what I do know is that the feelings I struggle to express with my arms, my hips, my face, my hands, and feet are sacred to me, a woman. They are beautiful, graceful, inspired. In them is my youth and my age, my life and its end, my joy, my agony, my transcendent bliss in this dance of feeling I create my mother is also there my sisters and my daughters I wish for them that they will find a dance whatever it may be I wish for them that they will journey in safety through the exhilarating peaks and the terrifying valleys of womanhood that they will reach the end of their journeys having told their stories of passion, of laughter, of youth, of sorrow, of rage, and of peace, through their feet, their hips, and their hands. enjoyed that article from our contest winner Shannon and if you did enjoy that article I would like to suggest that you all hop on over to the forum board or the blog and post comments letting Shannon know how much you enjoyed it and that goes the same for anything you hear on the show it's always nice for a writer to be validated by their audience so if you hear something from some of our new staff writers or contest winners that you really enjoy, please take the time to let them know. Um, especially in the coming weeks, you're going to be hearing a lot more from some of our new staff writers. And in a couple of weeks, we will be having a show introducing all the new staff writers to you guys so you can kind of get to know them. But for now, it's time for the question of the week. And this week's question came to me as I was reading this week's beautiful article written by Shannon. 
And in the article, she spoke of how belly dance is, quote, a celebration of life and in its purest sense honors women and the experience of women. So this week, I wanted to ask you listeners, how do you feel belly dance honors women and the experience of women? As always, send your answers by email to shimmycast at gmail.com or go to the forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com and then you can all discuss your answers amongst each other and get into debates and stuff about it. And that would be fun. But for now, it's finally time for the second music pick of the week. This is Nejmi from the album As Heck by Tim Rayborn. I hope you all enjoy, and until next week, this is Anala Rabari saying, Shimmy on!
again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.